0: Yeah. Wow. Tear it up Right reverend Yeah Wow Tear it up Thanks Vince Hallelujah Amen All I have is Christ Hallelujah Jesus is my Life Anyone else sing that song this morning? Did you sing that out? No, okay. <laughs> I heard a few people. Um, hi, uh, my name is Kenny. As Vince said, I'm not a doctor or a reverend. I might be good. You can call me the good doctor reverend. Um, I am a little crazy. I'm the crazier redheaded pastor, and I'm glad to be with you all today. Um, and gosh, can we? Before I go any further, can we just give a hand to the worship team for leading us Whoa. in worship? Thank you, Daryl and the whole team. That was really awesome. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That was... Hallelujah. All right. You guys ever noticed um, how natural it is to share something that you find uh, remarkable or enjoyable or just like entertaining? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just really easy, right? Like think about uh, the Great, like the best movie you've seen recently, or the worst movie. (laughs) Did you tell someone? Yeah. Yeah? Think about the best pizza place or the worst pizza place in town, or your neighborhood, or the worst carne asada burritos that you've had. Did you tell someone? You better have. (laughs) Better, Better be a good neighbor. No, it's it's so natural for us to share that it is it's part of human nature. It's it's always been a Facebook button, like comment. Share. If you see something, cool. If you experience something, if it's worthy of telling, we share it. That's how we're built. Well, here's the thing. God knows that about us. Actually, God built us that way. He made us with this drive and this capability to share the experiences and the things that we've seen and the things that have happened to us. And God has even, knowing that we're built that way because He built us. Newsflash. But knowing that we're built that way, He's even worked in the course of history with the intent for us to share, for for people to share what God's done with other people so that other people begin to experience it. And He knows that when we share that, that our faith is built up. That it's good for us. It's not just good for the people that hear it. It is good for the people that hear it. But it's good for us. It builds our faith up. It builds us up when we say, hey, let me tell you about something that God did in my life. But when we don't share it, when we don't share what He's done with others, when we experience Him at work and fail to pass that info on to others, not only do other people miss out, but we miss out too. Anyone ever notice that? Maybe God's done something great in your life, but it's been a little while and you haven't shared it with someone in a while and you almost kind of forget that it even happened. Right? And you're going throughout your day, you're going throughout your week, you're busy, you're distracted. You're, and, and problems, instead of pushing you to pray more, they push you to be overwhelmed.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Right, And you're not remembering, hey, I've seen God work before. Or my friend in, in, in the missional community, in the church, they've seen God work in this area before. Maybe I could talk to them. You yeah. guys notice that? Oh, yeah. When we don't share, not only do others miss out, but our faith begins to falter. And we forget how good God is. Has been, And so today's message is simply about that. It's about being faithful to share what we've seen God do. Being faithful to share what we've seen God do and what happens in our lives when we do that. And so I want to begin uh, just by taking us to a story in the book of Acts. It's going to be Acts chapter 4 um, if you want to turn there. Uh, it's also going to be on the screen and we're going to read through that. And uh, the story actually begins in Acts chapter 3, but I don't want to read two full chapters of scripture this us today because um, you guys can read that on your own. <laughs> you don't need me to read it to you, but um, we're going to start with Acts chapter 4. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right. Acts chapter 4 verse 1 says, The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles, that's Peter and John, were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Peter and John, they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of people grew to about 5,000. To stop for a second before we go on. Peter and John are in the temple teaching about Jesus because they've seen Jesus be resurrected after He was dead, and they're sharing about it. And many people are believing. They're sharing what they've seen and many people are believing. But the the priest, the chief priest, temple police, and the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection. But basically, you can just read that as the people in charge come up, and they're like, uh-uh, you're not going to be talking about this. And so they make them quit, and they put them in jail. Now, why were Peter and John there? I just want to give you a little, like, hang with us. We're going to have our Bible open for a second, all right? So don't, don't be, like, anxious for me to just finish the text yet, okay? Yeah. Everyone cool with that? Yeah. All right. So why were Peter and John there? If you look in chapter 3, Peter and John, it's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they're walking to the temple to go to a prayer meeting, and they see a guy who is he's, he's crippled, he cannot walk, he's been that way his whole life, and he's carried up to the, the gate of the temple, it's called the Beautiful Gate. And he's there and he's begging, and Peter looks at him and says, look at me, and it says the man looks at him, expecting to receive alms for the poor, right? And Peter says... I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have, I'm going to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man, as the story reads in Acts chapter 3, immediately is healed. And he goes from laying there begging to jumping up and running around. And he goes into the temple with Peter and John and he's like, Woo! (laughs) Praise God! And here's the thing, all the people around the temple, they go there every day, they see him every day, they look at him, and their jaw is wide open, they're astonished, because that's, that. hey, is that, what?
1: Yeah.
0: That's the guy who was begging 10 minutes ago, right? He's, he's 40 years old, he, he hasn't walked his whole life, and he's jumping up and down. So they all start to gather around and see what's going on, and Peter and John, they're like, hey we got a congregation. Let's start preaching. Yeah. Right? So they start saying, Hey, hey, everybody, it's not us that did this. It's about Jesus. And you, know, you guys remember Jesus, right? He was here a little bit ago. But remember, you crucified Him? You, God raised Him from the dead. Yeah. And He's the only one that can save us. And He's promising to raise us from the dead. Yeah. And they're teaching this message in the temple. Many, many people are coming to faith. And then the people in charge say, hey, we can't have that. We don't even believe that there is a resurrection after the dead. Let's shut these guys up. All right, let's keep reading. All right, verse 5. The next day the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Basically saying, this is, once again, this is the people in charge, the San, Sanhedrin, the ruling court. What are you doing and who gave you the authority to do this in our temple? All right Now mind you, the names here, the high priest family, this is the same high priest that was in office that was ruling when they got Jesus killed. Right? Yeah. This is the same high priest. Right? The same family that... Riled up the crowd to say, Crucify him, crucify him. And they watched him die. And they brought them in for questioning to say, What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? Let's go on. Verse 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a crippled man and are asked how he was healed, so first of all, you hear that sarcasm in that already? Yeah. <laughs> you, so you're mad that we healed a guy. Okay, okay. This, that's how this is going to go? Okay. And are asked to tell how he was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone Or the quarter stone. So he's the one that the people in charge said, nope. And yet he's the stone that everything else is built upon. That's what Peter's saying. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Peter tells it how it is, huh? He didn't really back down, did he? No. When the people in charge have you in jail overnight and say, what are you doing? He kind of just delivered it. Y'all see that? Verse 13, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, that's the ruling body that they were in and conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they've done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men not to speak, to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to Him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. He's talking to some of the people who put Jesus in the grave. And he says, I saw something that I can't shut up about. You can judge whether I should be listening to you or God. That's on you, man. (laughs) As for me, I can't help it. I can't help it. Speaking about what I've seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. This is God's word. Amen. (laughs) Judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now look at Peter and John right there. Peter's the one who's a few, a few days, weeks earlier. Look at the change in him. From denying Christ three times, saying, I don't know him to proclaiming Him a hundred times. That's all He talks about. From having a fishing business a few years ago to now not having any money, but believing what He has in Jesus is worth more than any money He could give that man. I don't have any silver and gold, but here you go. All the people are coming to faith around them. There's controversy being around because people don't want to believe it. And all of this... Why? Why is all this going on? Because they had seen God work and they were faithful to share what He had done with the people around them. Do you guys see the power in that? I think that's one of the greatest hidden potentials in the church. It's just the faithfulness to share what we've already seen God do in our lives and in our midst. What we've already heard Him Say and do, sharing what we've seen. If I had a Christianese word for it, it would be evangelism. Evangelism okay. sounds fun when you say it like that. But so we usually think evangelism when you think of uh, sharing the gospel, sharing your faith, for spiritual laws, making a convert, etc., etc. But what if, what if a primary aspect of evangelism is just being faithful to share what you've seen and heard God do. Saying, I've seen God work a lot. And let me tell you about it. I believe that is a primary aspect of evangelism and sharing our faith. And I believe when we're faithful to share, our faith is going to be built up. We're going to be built up as a church and as a people And other people are going to get to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And God's going to receive more and more glory as others come to know Him. It's all about Him. See, Peter and John didn't say, yeah, we're cool, man. We healed that guy. (laughs) Y'all never seen him walk. Yeah, we just made him walk. No. It gave all the glory to God. So the main point I want to get across from this message in the next few minutes is this. If you have seen something, say something.
1: <laughs>
0: right? You know I took that from Homeland Security, but <laughs> if I mean I promise, they have it trademarked, but I added one word. So if you have seen something, <laughs> say something. Now here's the thing guys, I know this story is an extreme case. I know what we're reading today in Acts chapter 4. I mean, I haven't prayed for someone this year who couldn't walk and healed them where they could walk. That hasn't happened this year or last year. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) It hasn't happened. And I know we haven't seen the resurrected Jesus in our midst like Peter and John did with their own eyes, but we have seen God work. Yeah. We have seen God work. If you're here and your hope is in Jesus for salvation, you have seen and heard the work of God in your life. You can't tell me you haven't. And Jesus said to Thomas, the one who doubted in John chapter 20, He said, you know, you've seen me and you believe, but blessed are those who haven't seen me and yet still believe. You know who that is? That's us. Right? Right? And Jesus, in John chapter 17, He prays for all of the disciples who are going to come to faith, not because they knew Him, but because they came to faith through the message of the Gospel. You know who that is? Us. Yeah, that's us. That's us. That's us. Did you know Jesus prayed for you in the Bible? You can go read His prayer for you. John chapter 17. We have seen God work. And I have... One more verse, just a picture of God's work in the church. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it says this, it's talking about the you as the church. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. God has called you out of darkness into His light so you could praise Him and share it it. with others. God wants to do through you what He has done to you. Uh God brought you out of darkness, into light, not only so you could be in the light, but so you could share that with somebody else. Amen? Amen? If you've seen something, say something. If that's the case, if we have seen something, anyone ever found it hard to share? Yeah. All right, good. I know. was like, I don't want to be the only hand. If we have seen something, why so often do we not say something about what God's done in our lives? Maybe you, you've had an opportunity and you just missed it, or maybe you had an opportunity and you were nervous. And maybe I can just open this up to dialogue for a second. What do you guys think are some reasons why it's hard for us to share about what we've seen God do? What's that? Bragging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't want to feel like we're bragging if someone else hasn't experienced that yet. Right? What else?
1: You think like, you just don't stand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah, okay, that's cool for you, but yeah. You
1: know.
0: <laughs> right. So, downing our own experience. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? What happened? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, I wasn't ready for the questions. No Q and A. One or two others. Any other reasons we we find it hard to share? Fear of what they'll think about us. Yeah, fear of what they'll think. If I share them and they know that I believe this, like, what are they going to think about me? They're going to reject me. One more. doesn't have to be one more. But anyone? Yeah. Fear the promises
1: that are, being given
0: are going to come true. The promises aren't going to come true. Yeah. Yeah, we struggle with doubt. I think every single one of those was a good answer to why we find it hard to share what we've seen in God do. And I also think that a big reason is that sometimes we just forget how much we've seen God do. You guys know that notice that? Sure. We're just going like God did something great and we're like, woo, that was awesome. Awesome! Two weeks later, we're like in our own world, man. Yeah. Yeah. Same issue could come up, and it's like amnesia. Like, I don't know. Right? So maybe fear, maybe a we're distracted from opportunities to share. Or maybe we've just forgotten how much we've seen God do. We have a relationship with God. We read His Word. We pray. We worship. We give. But maybe we've forgotten the examples of God's love, of God's forgiveness, of God's generosity, of God's strength and healing that we've seen even in this church. And our faith would be built up if we were sharing them. We've seen families who have physical needs, whether it's rent or groceries or whatever, and, uh, and people have sacrificed and given and shared, and we've seen the love of God on display in this church.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe it's a habit or an addiction that you had and you felt hopeless, and you didn't know how you are ever going to get over it, and yet over the course of time, God gave you significant, lasting victory yeah. in that area of your life. Maybe you were addicted to drugs and you became clean and sober for a time. But then all of a sudden, God gripped your heart with the gospel of Jesus and it wrecked you and changed your life. And now you help other people get off drugs. Does this sound sound familiar? Maybe you were an atheist drifting towards Satanism, away from God, and when you heard the Gospel and saw people living it out, God gripped your heart and you repented and came to faith in Jesus and now you teach Bible studies at work. Some of y'all who are new here don't know that I'm telling stories about people in this church. Maybe you had a tumor in your leg that forced you not to be able to walk. And then a church asked if they could pray for you, and within a week you were walking again. And when you finally had the scheduled surgery, the doctor said, all that tissue was already dead, but we took it out for you. And you didn't realize till later what a miracle God had done in your life. Maybe you grew up in a Buddhist home and you were a Buddhist, but you kept hearing about this Christian God and wanting to know how to pray for Him. And you talked to your neighbors who happened to be Christians. You talked to them about it and you asked how to pray and they prayed with you and shared the Bible and then one day after work when all the pressures of life were so hard on your life you couldn't even eat, you came to faith on their neighborhood in their living room floor and you were rejoicing and you went home and ate two bowls of food. Maybe your marriage was on the rocks and it was in one of the worst places it's ever been and someone listened to you and encouraged you in the Gospel and you've seen Jesus transform the way you relate with your spouse. All of these examples, every single one, have happened in this church.
1: That's right.
0: In this church. Plus a thousand more that we haven't even heard yet. We have seen and heard God do unbelievable things in our midst. And I didn't use any names because I don't want to steal anyone's thunder. But it's God's thunder anyway, so you know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling it right over here. We've seen and heard God do amazing things, but maybe we forget, maybe we move on. But I'm convinced, guys, that being faithful to share the stories of God's work in our lives will ignite the faith that's in us.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Anyone need your faith ignited? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Whew, I know I do. I need to hear how God's work. We've seen and heard Him work, but have we recognized it and shared it? Now, what would happen if we did? What would happen if it became regular and encouraged to share what God's done in our lives? Would our faith be built up? Would other people hear the good news of Jesus? Would God gain glory in the lives of others as they hear about Him? Will we gain courage in the face of adversity or awkwardness or fear of rejection? Would we be like Peter and John and say, I don't care if they killed Jesus, they're going to hear about it? <laughs> These guys need to hear it. He's alive. If you've seen something, say something. I want to share a little bit of a personal example and how this has affected me recently in my life. And it's kind of happened over the last few weeks, but there's a. The the presence of, like, the the power of God to heal has been something that's so, like, central to uh, my life and my heritage and and even kind of my upbringing in the church. I I was always around, like, different stories of people being healed, but one of the biggest ones, um, and I'll share this with you, and you may not believe it, and that's your prerogative. I've told this to people, and they didn't believe it. And then, like, six months later, they came to Jesus. (laughs) Not that the power's in this story, but I'm just saying, they didn't believe me when I told it, and they didn't believe in Jesus, and that's fine. But um, there's a story with my grandfather, who we called Papaw, and I'll just call him Papaw. But he grew up in the backwoods of Arkansas, that's where I'm from, um, and uh, he was a teenager during the Great Depression years, and grew up on a family farm, 10 kids, or you know, 10 siblings, and uh, he had a condition called juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, where his um, joints would swell, and it would be like all over his whole body. So it would go through fits and spurts, but when it would get really bad, he couldn't walk. He, he, he would go from moving around normally, so he couldn't walk, he couldn't feed himself. His brothers and his mother had to take care of him, and uh, um, it had been bad for a long time. He couldn't walk, he couldn't himself and he heard about a church that met out in the countryside somewhere and they believed in healing and he said I want to get prayed for and so he got his brothers to take him they went in the family wagon and and he sits through the service they're sitting in the back and then at the end the preachers come up and they're saying we're going to pray for people to be healed does anyone need healing right and so he tells his brothers I want, I want to be prayed for and they carry they have to carry him up to the front and as they're praying for him right there in front of God and everybody. That's, that's how we say it in the South. In front of God and everybody. <laughs> They're praying for him. And he was healed. He was healed so quickly that he heard the swelling go down and the tendons and the ligaments popping. And he was carried up, but all of a sudden he began to jump and run around. And he had this experience where he spoke in tongues. Ooh, I scared somebody. Right now. <laughs> But he had, he had an awesome, awesome experience of God's healing. That's not an everyday thing, but God does it. Yeah. God does it. And God did it in his life. And even though he was carried there, he was so excited, he ran home that night. And it was not long after that, he felt the call of God in his life to preach, and he began to preach, and he continued to preach for 50 more years. And God just used that such, such a way. I grew up in a household and in a family family that believed that God could do absolutely anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right? My papa, his dad would get drunk and would beat his kids. Not my papa. Yeah. No, God changed his life, and he was a good dad to his kids. Yeah. And they were, and well, one of them was a good dad to me. <laughs> the other one was an uncle. <laughs> That's an Arkansas story. You guys are... <laughs> Oh, you yeah. Shoot <laughs> Anyways, God used that so centrally in my life that I grew up in a household that believed, you know what? God can do anything. Yep. And I went to a church where we would pray for people to be healed, and I saw people get healed. There was a, there was a lady who was probably eight or 10 years older than me, growing up in, grew up in church with her and her family. She was deaf. Her whole life, she couldn't hear. And she was at home praying in her room, kneeling at her bedside one day when God healed her ears. And she could hear. And she had to go take classes to learn how to speak English and to understand English because all of a sudden she could hear, but she had never heard English before. So I've been around God healing. I've even prayed for people, not all the time. I'm not a faith healer, I'm not going to blow wind on you, but I've prayed for people. (laughs) And I've seen God heal people. And I know that God can heal people. And a few weeks ago, we were doing the communion questions and talking about what has God done in your life that you could share with someone else. And I started thinking about that. And I realized I've experienced so much of this and it's built up my faith so much in God. But am I sharing that with anyone? Um,
1: Yeah
0: doesn't mean am I going and like going Benny Hinn on some people, but am I, am I sharing the faith that's in my life because of what I've experienced? Like if someone has a need, am I telling them, hey, I don't know if God's going to heal you because He's all-powerful, but I know that God can heal you. And He tells us to pray for healing, so let me pray for you. And I realized I wasn't doing that much. I wasn't being faithful to share what God had put in my life that I could share Was I increasing faith in others as I shared those stories? Not yet, right? But a couple of weeks ago in communion, I realized that, and I was convicted. And I, I, I made up my mind, like, this is one thing that I can share with people. And it's been a few times since then. I've already seen it. I've prayed for people who needed healing. I've done that more than I used to. I've had a few conversations with people where people came back to me later and like, hey, I was telling so-and-so about your story. And I was like, what about my story? And they're like, oh, that part where you your papa, I was just, I've never seen God do that stuff, but I believe, I think He can, you know? And I've seen already small bits of fruit that have come from that faithfulness to share what God's done in my life, so right? So you may have experienced that, or it may be something completely different from that. It may be something totally different from that. But whatever God has done in your life, whatever you've seen and heard the hand of God do, yeah. are you being faithful to share it? Are we saying something about what we've seen? Are we forgetting it and letting it go on? I want to come back to the text as we're wrapping up. When you think about Peter and John in Acts 4, what is it? You know, I'm talking about that they saw something that was amazing, that changed them. And they said, we can't help but talk about what we've seen on earth. What is it that they saw that changed them so much and made them so bold. And I know they saw a lot. But it wasn't too much earlier ahead of this event that Peter saw his leader and best friend. He wasn't known as the savior of the world yet. It was Peter's leader and best friend. And he saw him dying on a cross. And worse than that, in that moment instead of sharing the truth About Jesus and sharing what he knew about Jesus, he ran the other way and denied him three times and abandoned Jesus. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus rose from the grave, Peter got to see him then too. And not only had Jesus forgiven him completely, he had paid for his sin completely and he had secured eternal life with God. That changes everything. That changed everything in Peter. And finally, it all made sense. You see, Jesus only did what He saw the Father do. And He only said what He heard the Father say. And though He didn't deserve the cross, and we did because of sin, He got up on the cross, not privately where no one could see it, but publicly where the whole world could see it and hear about it for all of history. So we could see it. And he took the punishment for our sins. He took the punishment for every time we haven't been faithful to share what he's done. So we could be forgiven and brought near to God and live forever with God. That is our hope. That's what Peter saw. And when Peter saw that, he couldn't shut up about it. Even in front of the very people who put Jesus in the grave. Let me tell you where your hope is. It's in Jesus. Have you seen and heard what Christ has done for you? Have you seen and heard it? What He's done for you to be forgiven, to be freed from sin, to have life, to have eternal life? What does it do to your heart to see this work of Christ? Would you be changed by the work of God today? Would you take in this vision and be willing and ready and excited to share it with all those who need this forgiveness, who need this hope, who need this freedom in life? You have seen something. Will you say something? And I'm ending now. If you're, if you're here and you're not yet a believer in Christ and, and your heart has been moved to see what Jesus did for you, to pay for your sins and bring you from a place that's far from God to near with Him forever. <clears throat> saying something about that today means confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord yeah. and that God raised Him from the dead. It means if God is putting faith in your heart, it means stepping up and saying, yes, I want to come to you. I turn from my sins. I turn to your ways. <laughs> I want you in my life, Jesus. And if you're here and you're already following Jesus, that means looking at God and how how He's worked already in your life. And letting that work on your heart to, to a point where you say, how can I share this with someone else? How can I be ready to share this with someone else when it comes up? So I don't just miss that next opportunity for them to hear about Jesus and for me to be built up. We've seen something. Will we say something? I'm going to close with a prayer. We're going to have a time of response and uh, communion. Father, I thank you so much for uh, this, this time today, this, um, this period of time where we could come together, be united in worship, Lord, and be changed by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray for your conviction, Lord, that every one of us here, God, that we wouldn't feel condemned by this message. But if anything, we would be convicted to change and and given that hope that we can change by Your power and by Your grace, God. And Jesus, You said the Holy Spirit would remind us of all truth. And I pray that everyone in this place right now would be reminded of the truth of Your love for them. Your extravagant love, God. That You are not willing for us to perish but you gave up your own life so that we didn't have to perish, so that we could live with you forever, God. I pray that faith would be released and increased in this church, God. And I pray that we would be bold to share what we've seen and heard you do in our midst, God. We love you and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to take a few moments for communion if you want to... Get in a group of two, three, maybe four people. Um, there's going to be a couple questions up here. Um, what's one example of God's work that you've experienced? Um, and how could you be faithful to share that experience with others? Just something to help you in, in conversation as we remember um, what God's done for us. A communion to us. We, we do this every week because it reminds us of how Jesus' body was broken. And His righteousness was given to us, and His blood was poured out to cover our sins, and that's what it symbolizes. Um, If you're not yet a believer, we encourage you to come and listen in, join in a group, and just just listen um, as people are talking about the gospel and how it's affecting them. And uh, we're gonna do that for a few minutes and end in one more song. So, God bless you guys.